What up, people? It is Tuesday, October 20th. My name is B. Hill, and this is the Just My Opinion podcast, so let's talk. Uh, first, I want to talk about voting. Uh, Texas had early voting starting last Tuesday, and uh, first thing that morning, I think they opened at 8 o'clock. I got there at about 7.40. Um, I stood in line for an hour and about 15 minutes uh, to vote because it's way too important to me not to. Uh, There are so many people that can't vote. I think about people like Breonna Taylor, uh, Tatiana Jefferson, George Floyd, um, and I feel like it's my duty to vote, especially now with everything going on. This election is too important not um, not to make my voice heard. And so I didn't have a problem standing in line. Um, I chose to do it on the first day just to make sure I got it out of the way. Uh, and also, I triple checked my ballot. Um, you know, as I was entering my selections in, um, once I got to the end, before I confirmed, after I confirmed, even when the ballot came out of the machine, I triple checked it just to make sure my vote was correct. And it was, uh, I give credit to the the local poll workers, they were very kind. There was a very speedy and efficient process once I was able to actually get in the building. But um, yeah, I got it done and I would encourage everybody else to do the same thing. Um, Something that has come up since my last podcast was Ice Cube is getting a lot of flack for working with the Trump administration on his contract with Black America. Um, From what I'm hearing, it was proposed to the Biden campaign as well, and they said they would discuss it after the election. Um, now, I don't necessarily have an issue uh, with what Ice Cube did. He can do what he wants to do, but I think the timing was way off. These are the things you do early on in the game, not two weeks before the actual election. And... Um, my biggest issue with it is the fact that Trump has proven not to be a man of his word. Uh, this meeting is strictly for optics on his part to try to gain some black voters. Um, so I don't think anything was accomplished from it. He can say whatever he wants to say now, and he has been saying um, anything he thinks will garner some votes and take votes away from the Biden campaign. Uh, So I don't trust him. And I understand wanting uh, an agenda for black people. Uh, But for the people that say Biden doesn't have one, if you look at his website, it's very specific. They just haven't promoted it enough, in my opinion. Um, You know, there are a lot of minority outlets like The Breakfast Club. Uh, One of the hosts of The Breakfast Club was kind of knocking the Biden camp and uh, Senator Harris because they haven't been on since the nomination and since the campaigning has been going on. But, you know, I think we do need an agenda um, for minorities. I I definitely think that, but I don't think Trump is the catalyst for that. Uh, You know, people talk about, and Trump will say he's done more for black people than any other president since uh, Lincoln. And that's just not true. Um, 
there's no prison reform. Yeah, he's let a few black people out of prison or commuted their sentences or pardoned them, but that's not necessarily reform. We need sweeping reform um, in the judicial system and the prison system. Uh, the prison system should not be for profit, and it should be uh, a place of rehabilitation. But uh, I think Ice Cube has good intentions, I hope. But I just think the timing and the optics were all wrong. Uh, because you can't trust anything that Trump and his campaign says, especially two weeks before an election. Again, anything he thinks will garner more um, votes, that's what he's going to say and do. And to that, uh, Sean Diddy Combs, P. Diddy, he came out and announced that uh, he wants to start our black party, um, which is, I'm assuming, going to be like a third voting party uh, for the black vote. And I think that's okay in theory, but I don't think it's going to work. Now, I am all for a viable third party option. I think we need one, uh, but it has to be something with legs and in depth uh, that can actually make a difference. Black people only make up 13% of the population in the U.S. So that party um, and calling it our black party, it's very, uh, it's not inclusive um, because I think any party, because I think I would consider myself more of an independent, uh, but there's not a true independent um, third third party that would actually win and I think that's what the problem is we have a two-party system and we pretty much always has uh, until the Tea Party the Tea Party was able to do some damage and that's part of the reason we're in the position we're in now but as you can tell that Tea Party has faded over the past 15-20 years as well but I do think we need a viable third party option um, you know that leaves a little both ways um, but I don't think having just our black party is is going to work uh, again I guess I would need more details on exactly what the expectation of it is or what the goal is going to be but uh, I don't think that's a party that you can run on an actual ticket that would make a huge difference at this point I think it'll take years to develop a true uh, strong third party candidate and third party period um, but I mean if we could start now and try to get some of those ideas out there that would be helpful uh, but just having just black people um, vote for third party I don't think would work because we just don't make up enough of the population but again I think Ice Cube's idea is good but Trusting someone who has not been a person of their word is just hard for me uh, because I don't trust anything about this dude and he's proven not to be trustworthy. Um, and I want to talk about the double standard of conservative politics and liberal politics. Uh, and what I mean by that is conservatives seem to be able to get away with a lot of stuff liberals would not be able to get away with. And for instance, uh, there was a lady during a hearing, I guess a year or so ago, and what she said was, with Donald Trump being the president, uh, 
just because your son's name is Baron, you cannot make him a Baron. All hell broke loose, and people are talking about, you know, you need to leave the kids out of it, and, uh, you know, they just went on and on about leaving the kids out of it, and you can't say that kind of stuff, but yet, we had just recently a conservative militia, or really a domestic terror group, plotted to kidnap the governor of Michigan, and this is a person who uh, Trump has constantly criticized and made negative comments about, and he actually tweeted at one point, liberate Michigan, whatever that means. Um, He's basically incited these idiots to come up with something, and that was a militia group or a terrorist group, domestic terrorist group, that actually plotted to kidnap her. Uh, I've never heard of a liberal trying to kidnap anybody or plotting to kidnap anybody. Um, Also in California, uh, conservatives were putting out fake mail-in ballot drop boxes so votes won't be counted. Um, A drop-off box was actually set on fire so those votes wouldn't be counted. Um, The senator in Georgia intentionally mispronounced Kamala Harris's name during uh, a rally and he's a senator so he works with her in the Senate because she's currently a senator but it was done on purpose Um, and it's just so tacky and it's like they constantly have to cheat and that's just Again, this is my opinion, but these are facts, what I'm stating now. Uh, These are things that can be fact-checked. And let's not forget um, the people, the Trump supporters, who's threatening a civil war if Trump is not re-elected. But yet, all Trump does is talk about Antifa and fails to recognize uh, his own supporters as being the violent ones, and he's supposed to be the law and order president, but a lot of his supporters are the violent ones threatening civil war things like that you never heard I've never heard liberals threatening civil war or threatening to shoot people or anything like that um, but with that said conservatives aren't the only ones with guns we just don't have to um, advertise them so you know my whole thing is there was a lot of talk about uh, people being at the polling places poll watchers to try to intimidate people and I welcome that I was looking for them when I went to the polls because it's my vote you can't make me vote for anybody and as a matter of fact uh, right before I started this scrolling through Facebook there was a picture of a police officer in uniform at a polling location with the Trump mask on which I think is against the law I think it's a violation for him to endorse a candidate while in uniform your personal opinions or whatever your personal vote that's on you but I think while in uniform I think that's against their regulations and I would not be surprised if he ends up getting fired or something because of that but to me it was another intimidation tactic and at this point I haven't seen liberals try to intimidate people um that's just not what I think we do you know and it's just it's just crazy. It's all crazy. But uh, at a town hall uh, Trump had last week, 
And instead of doing a debate, Trump had a town hall, Biden had a town hall. And I could only stomach about 10 minutes of Trump's town hall because you'll never get a straight answer. Um, And the question I watched was a lady asked about the coronavirus. And she said, outside of the travel ban, what steps were taken to control the virus? And his response was, he implemented the travel ban. And again, the question was, outside of that, what was done? But he kept talking about, well, Biden didn't want the travel ban, and he was too much late and said that I was xenophobic and all of this stuff, and and he wouldn't have done the travel ban, and I did the travel ban. It's like, well, dude, what else did you do, though? That's all you've done. And again, he didn't answer the question. And there were multiple other questions he couldn't answer, like QAnon, uh, the conspiracy group um, that thinks liberals have this underground pedophile ring, and that's why I do a pizza shop, I think, in New York. Someone got shot because QAnon said that they were holding kids there, and of course there were no kids there. There was no sex trafficking going on outside this pizza shop, but he retweets stuff, and when asked about that, he was just like, oh, I didn't tweet it, it was just a retweet. They're not my words, and you can figure it out. And this is coming from the dude who holds the highest office in the land, retweeting conspiracy theories. And it's just the bar has been set so low. Um, And I just don't understand why these people still (laughs) support him. But also, at a rally, he said that um, during Biden's lockdown, Las Vegas and Carson City... Uh, lights were extinguished. Well, when did Biden have lockdown? He's talking as if he's not even president right now. He's running as if he's not president because he keeps saying that, you know, he'll correct. He'll fix everything that's going on now. Well, dumbass, you're president now. All these uh, commercials of the burning and all of that stuff, that's now, during your watch. But yet his supporters listen to it and they cheer for him and all of this stuff. And then that leads me to, uh, you know, wanting to talk about the cult of Trump. Because this, it's, I think it's a movement, but it's very much a cult. Um, and also uh, during the rally, he said that if uh, Biden is elected, he'll cancel the upcoming Christmas season. And then he said that uh, Biden would actually listen to science, the scientists. Well, why wouldn't he? And he also keeps touting better health care and, um, you know, not doing away with pre-existing conditions. But in four years, he has not presented one health care option. And that's what he ran on in 2016, health care. Um, repealing and replacing the Affordable Care Act. And he has done nothing. And what people fail to realize is that, like even right now during the pandemic, there's a case in the Supreme Court about repealing the Affordable Care Act, which would take away healthcare from millions of people with pre-existing conditions and millions of people, period. But yet he wants to, he keeps saying he's going to give you better health care, but never has presented an alternative to it. 
and that's why I think uh, this is a cult. The people that support him, these diehard uh, supporters, it's almost cult-like because it's it's going away from reason. It's going away from fact, and it's whatever he says, that's what it is, regardless of how much truth, um, proof you give them, they will not believe it because he didn't say it. And you can ask them, you can show them the proof, and they still won't believe it. And that's why I think it's just cult-like. And I was talking to an associate the other night, and she's a Trump supporter, and I don't talk politics with her. Um, I think she's a cool person, but I would lose a lot of respect for her because we've talked about this in the past, and all she does is use Fox Network talking points. She can't go into in-depth about any of her reasoning uh, behind the things she thinks, and she's made comments before. So, for instance, we were talking about the virus, and she takes it very seriously because she has a pre-existing condition. Uh, She kind of lives her life in a bubble. She doesn't go anywhere. She orders her groceries online. She goes to work. I think she has to go in the office like three days a week. And she works at home the other two days. But she's basically put her life on hold because of this virus. And then she had the nerve to say, well, thanks, China. And my thought is, China had nothing to do with the response that was taken here. China had nothing to do with this dude saying that it was a democratic hoax or this dude not um, putting in any type of mask mandates and leaving it up to the states or doing anything. And also knowing about it, um, knowing how serious it was, but yet lying to the American people. She had nothing to say about that part. And then she said um, that... She knows if uh, Biden Harris win, uh, he's gonna increase taxes for people that make under four hundred thousand dollars, which is the opposite of what he's saying he would do. And um, she would she would have to consider selling her house. And then she was saying how she needs to go to the gun range before the election, and she's afraid because she has a Trump sign down in front of her house and all of this stuff. And I'm like, oh. Uh, We're not the ones threatening civil war. You know, people might say something, but it's, granted, I will not sit here and say 100% that there are no people who support Biden and uh, Kamala Harris that have not attacked somebody or anything like that. But the majority of the violence that I've seen is coming from the other side because it seems like there's such a anger from these people and it's very antagonistic Um, but it's just that mentality though that I just would never understand I don't get it to me there's no rationale behind it but then you know they'll say I don't have any rationale behind my thoughts either but I'm just a person uh, who just looks to try and tries to do the right thing you know my parents raised me to do the right thing and that's what I try to do. Um, and I have common sense as well. But anyway, uh, on to the, some news came out where a judge has ruled that the grand jury from the Breonna Taylor uh, case can speak. And I'm very interested to see what they have to say. Um, we already know that 
the Attorney General, uh, Daniel Cameron, did not give them murder or manslaughter or anything uh, like that as an option to convict on. Um, and I think that's one of the things they're going to speak about, uh, as well as Daniel Cameron is trying to keep the evidence sealed from the grand jury. Um, the evidence that was presented to the grand jury, he's trying to keep sealed. And if you don't have anything to hide, just release everything. And I think what's going to end up happening is another grand jury will be convened and everything will be on the table. I hope that's the case. Uh, but it's obvious that this dude did not do his job. Um, he has the support of the police union uh, in Kentucky. And I think that's played a role in his thought process and why he didn't give additional charges uh, as options for them to choose from. Uh, and then also in New York a couple of weeks ago, um, I saw a video of a police officer chasing a young white male suspect through a park. And he finally caught up to him and he was talking to him very calmly, telling him, you know, to calm down and everything was going to be okay. And he said that, you know, we need to walk back, but I do need to put you in handcuffs because you just ran from me. So as he approached the, the young man to handcuff him, the white dude stabbed him in the neck and took off running. So the police officer pulled his gun out, telling him to stop chasing him with his gun drawn, pointed at him. He decides to put his gun back in the holster and pull his taser out and then tase the suspect. And I bring this up because, you know, the reason we have a Black Lives Matter movement um, is because unarmed black people are getting killed at a seemingly high rate. And you have a white suspect who stabs a police officer. The police officer draws his gun and then puts it back up while chasing the suspect to take out his taser. And it just... It just amazes me at how when they want to have um, compassion or not lead with an attitude, they can't, depending on the race of the suspect. Because a lot of times you see when they're dealing with um, minorities, it's a very antagonistic interaction. And it, this officer was just so calm with this guy and he ended up getting stabbed and, you know, of course, I don't think the police officer should have got stabbed. I'm just referring to the interaction they have based on the race. Uh, and it's just, it's not fair. So that's why we need some type of police reform as well. And I hope, um, you know, going forward, these are things that will be taken into consideration. And when people say there's no bias within the judicial system or within the police department, this is a per perfect example of the opposite of that. Uh, so enough of that. I guess I'll touch on the Cowboys real quick since they played last night and got beat down by the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I guess the only thing I can say about them is that they suck. Uh, Dak got hurt last week. He dislocated his ankle, so he'll be out the rest of the season. And Andy Dalton is a former starter for you know, 11, 12 years with the Cincinnati Bengals. He's definitely not the best, and I do think Dak is better than him. But I had a couple of people come for me after the game last night because Dalton had a bad game. But 
It's just the whole team sucks. It's not Andy Dalton's fault. The whole team sucks. And my thing with Dak was he should have signed the guaranteed $125 million that he was offered over the summer. And now he's not under contract. Well, he's under uh, the franchise tag, which is a one-year contract, when he could have signed a five-year, $125 million contract. And I think once that contract was up, he would own the D. 28-29 and possibly could have signed another big deal another $100 million contract if he actually played to uh, a somewhat elite level you know during this contract time but I think he's by getting injured I think he's losing probably a good $50 million because his contract is up at the end of the year you don't know how he's going to bounce back from this injury and I think the Cowboys still want to sign him but I don't think that price tag is going to be the same. Uh, but they are garbage. And some negativity is starting to come out of that locker room from what I was reading earlier. Uh, a lot of players are happy with the coaching staff saying that they just want, aren't prepared. Um, they don't make game time adjustments. And it was just, I stopped watching the game. It was so bad last night. So they have a long way to go. Uh, and this week's verbal middle finger goes to Lindsey Graham, the senator from South Carolina, uh, in his debate, <laughs> in his closing statements, he said that black people and Hispanic people can go anywhere in South Carolina just as long as they're conservative and not liberal. Then, uh, during the hearings about the Supreme Court um, seat, he made a comment about getting back to the good old days of segregation, which he later said he was being sarcastic. Well, that's really not something to to joke about. Um, And honestly, I'm just really tired of this liberal conservative argument. Um, You know, it's just stupid. And being a liberal is not a bad thing. And being a conservative is not necessarily, it's not a bad thing either. It's just a different mindset. But I'm okay with the difference in policy. But I'm not okay with the difference in how you treat people based on their race or gender. Or sexual orientation. That I'm not okay with. Um, And I'll just wrap it up by saying that, you know, the biggest issue I have with this dude in the White House is the fact that he forgets, and this goes to anyone in politics, regardless if you're liberal, conservative, independent, whatever the case may be, you're a representative of everyone in your district, your state, your county, or in Trump's case, the United States. You are the, the representative of all of these people, not just the ones that like you, but for everyone. And when you're in a public office like that, um, You can't have thin skin and hold grudges because Trump thinks he's just president of red states. And that's not the case. And that's the biggest issue I have. But anyway, uh, wrapping it up, the last uh, quote for this week is going to be, vote as if your life depends on it because it does. So that's it for this week. I'll probably do one more before the election. And then, of course, I'll wrap it up um, after the election. So until next time, thank you for listening. God bless. Peace.